there was a little lag when it started, but it looks That's like right. it's going. And we can we can always cut off this little bit. I can just give him the timestamp. But all right, right, three, two, one. Hey everyone, and welcome. This is Frank and Bronson here for another edition of our sports talk show. Uh, it's yet to be named, so we are taking suggestions. If anybody can think of one. Uh, but we are part of Next Level Nerd. Um, this is the sports version of Next Level Nerd podcast. You might know Justin McConnell um, and a lot of his movie and comic books and Facebook internet memes. Um, he has given us this chance to do a sports-themed uh, podcast through his Next Level Nerd channel, so we thank Justin for that. Um, I want to introduce my co-host, Bronson Allman, my good pal from Elwood City, uh, grew up talking sports with this man. He's, I mean, aside from myself, I think him and I are two of the biggest sports gurus to come out of that high school in a while. So I think it's pretty fitting that we're doing this show. And uh, hello, Bronson. How have you been? I'm good, man. How you doing, Frank? It's been a while. How was your holidays? It's been great. Had a great holiday. Uh, recently got married. Um, so set on into the married life. Um, thank you. <laughs> she, uh, Luckily, allows me to still have time to do my own thing and do this podcast, so that's pretty awesome. Um, so just going to kick it off. We have a lot to get to uh, since the last time we talked, Bronson. Um, obviously, last night, Super Bowl 54, it's in the books. Um, we have a new champion, the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Andy Reid and company finally get it done for him uh, 20 years since his last appearance, 15 years, I think, since his last appearance, uh, finally gets over the hump and gets that big, that, that Super Bowl ring. Um, I thought, Bronson, it wasn't a great game. To me, it felt like there wasn't much flow to it. Um, but I was happy to see a close game, um, see it come down to the wire. And I was I was secretly rooting for the Chiefs. Um, didn't really have a dog in the fight. But uh, was, was the story with Andy Reid, I mean, Kyle Shanahan's a young up-and-coming coach. I think he'll have his day. Uh, but Andy Reid getting towards the, the end of his career, good to see him win it. Um, and I'm also a huge fan of Pat Mahomes. I mean, he's the new he's the new it boy in the NFL, the Madden cover boy. He broke the Madden curse yesterday. Um, he's he's the next big thing. So just all in all, I thought it was a, a, a decent game. Um, not many huge plays, but happy to see it close and Kansas City come out on top. Um what were your thoughts on the game, Bronson? What did you like? What didn't you like? What stood out? Uh, it's funny that you started off by saying you didn't think it was a particularly good game because I feel like you took some of the bullets out of my gun there. I was going to come <laughs> out and start that. I didn't I didn't think it was really that great of a game. Yeah. Uh, I think it had all the potentials at the beginning, but um, maybe that was just a credit to you know the defense or maybe lack of execution. I know there were some throws really that – Maybe, you know, Patrick Mahomes' first Super Bowl had a little bit, maybe got a little skittish, maybe. There was definitely some throws where you were scratching your head. You're going, oh, really? He did underthrow a lot of people. He threw it at their feet. He was at some overthrows, throwing behind some receivers. And <clears throat> that one behind, I think it was to Tyreek Hill, was, caused the interception because he threw it behind. Yeah, yeah you're right. He was, there was not a lot of rhythm from him early. Um, yeah. It's, it's kind of, you know, it turned into more of like, you know, I think w- with with Patrick Mahomes uh, and like you were talking about, just like he's the new breed coming through, is that 
him and Lamar Jackson, are, I think they're going to change the way NFL scouts evaluate that position now. Where maybe five, ten years ago, it didn't matter if you were versatile or could throw on the run as long as you could put a ball somewhere. But I think they're, gonna, they're changing the game. Where every every scout and every team is going to want that kind of quarterback. And let's say maybe your starter is not that kind of quarterback. Uh, but at least have some, have some depth at that position that has that. And obviously you saw that come to fruition in the Super Bowl where Patrick Mahomes was able to he was able to not only extend plays but um again we're gonna get, I'm gonna get deeper into the Andy Reid thing uh, a lot of the trickerations you know he saved some of his you know his best shots for last in the Super Bowl um, yeah. you know you know he's always capable of doing that um, he I brought just, out a lot of he brought out a lot of option which I liked because I've always been a pro- proponent my dad has always said it when we watch games together. You have to keep defenses on their toes, and the option play is Mahomes going to keep it. Is he going to pitch it to the running back? If you got one defender, he's got to commit one way or the other. And I think on the one play, Mahomes kept it for a touchdown. Later in the game, he pitched it for a first down. I like the option. I like a lot of the pre-snap motion he did, especially that spin play where like all they're calling it the Backstreet Boys play because it looked like a one of those old choreographed moves. But um, yeah. Yeah, Andy Reid definitely, he's always been an offensive mind, and he did pull out some stops for this game. San Fran's defense, though, like you touched upon, maybe we thought the game was a little boring because it was a lot of defense. Even KC's defense played well, and, you know, it's a day and age where people want to see offense. And I know the over-under was 54, and, you know, it went under that by three. So it was – go ahead. Well, I'm just saying, you know, everyone's going to talk about how great Patrick Mahomes was. I mean, he was – good when it mattered, but I mean, if you look at his overall body the entire game, I wouldn't say he was exactly setting the world on fire. Um, exactly. He did with MVP, and we'll get in, I know we'll get into that just in just a little bit here, but I mean, I think, you know, I was, I know after the game, I was texting and talking to some friends, and, uh, you know, I was, I, I didn't think enough credit went to the Kansas City defense, and mm-hmm. you could say anything about, you know, the stats of their of the Niners receivers, but I mean, you have George Kittle, four catches for 36 yards. I mean, that was – they basically played the game of we're covering Kittle, we're going to bring the blitz, and mm-hmm. Emmanuel Sanders, you know, Debo Samuel, Kendrick Bourne, those guys try to beat me. You're trying try to beat us, not me. I'm on the team. But what did you think of the uh, – what did you think of the pass interference, the offensive PI, the push-off with George Kittle? I thought it was a good call. Um, I did. I agree. It's a tough call because it, it took points off the board. But um, I saw the clear extension of the arm, and uh, honestly, I thought Ky- uh, what was it, Kyle Rudolph against the Saints. They're comparing the two plays, and the Saints kind of might have got screwed again because it looked like Kyle Rudolph pushed off in overtime against the Saints similarly. But that's still such a tough call, and now it's reviewable, which adds another layer. But uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, to get into that, I mean, I mean, if we get into that, obviously we're gonna, you know, open that can of worms of past interferences. Probably another show, whole other show. It's been, it's been just, just. The I think they table that rule. I think it's a one-year thing. I don't think it's gonna. I think the competition committee will get together, and and there's gonna be a change there where they they go away from reviewing it. I think it's a I, one and done. I think it was. I think it's. It's been worse more than it's helped. Because they're not judgments and evaluating the replay. Um, but, I mean, going back to what you're saying, I know I'm kind of hopping all over here, but uh, you're bringing up Andy Reid. I, I think if you were not cheering for Andy Reid to win the Super Bowl, I I think he either owes you money or, or wrong <laughs> your friends of some kind. Because Easy to root just, for. Good guy, yeah. And it, it was time. It was finally – I think everyone was happy to see Andy Reid finally get the Super Bowl. 
after he's, not, he's like a lovable teddy bear kind of kind of thing and he took his hat off and i didn't know he even had a bald head you always see him with a hat on and it's like look he's bald and then he got the gatorade bath and he was just soaking it up he had his wife out there he's cracking jokes in the press conference he called her a trophy wife uh so he was just you could tell he genuinely was so happy and he he put in the time and and he's finally got that ring and i want to i wanted to ask you brunson with this super bowl title does this automatically put Andy Reid in Canton when when it's all said and done? If you look at it, Bill Cowher just got in with one Super Bowl ring. Um, there's been a, a lot of other coaches with you know, a lot of regular season success. You've got to get that one ring. Uh, it, it Cowher's in with one ring. It seems that that's the you know the the prerequisite. So I I think it's a yes. I think Andy Reid gets in. Do you think he gets into Canton? I think it depends on what. what criteria or you know because like you you mentioned earlier about how they're going to judge the voting i think not only you know he has the super bowl ring he has the super bowl appearance on the eagles yeah. a lot of the nfc title games that's not really um, but i mean the regular season numbers are there i think one thing that i don't know if the hall, the hall of fame voters will factor into is you know he was from the mike holmgren coaching tree but he had a coaching tree himself i mean yeah. john harbaugh um, um uh, was Schwartz and Schwartz come from him? Uh, I'm sure yeah. there's a lot of guys I'm not thinking of, but um, he had also had a coaching tree himself of guys that became head coaches. Brad Childress, um, a lot of guys that became head coaches in this league. So I think his impact on the game. I, I I'd say he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, I, I, he obviously he would not have been had he lost the Super Bowl, but mm-hmm. you know I I agree with you. I do think he's a Hall of Famer. If they're judging by that criteria, uh, I do think he is. Now, you touched upon it earlier, Bronson. I want to get into this. And I was uh, posting on Facebook right as it was announced. Uh, the MVP, the Super Bowl MVP, I, my pick was Damian Williams, the running back. Um, if you look at the numbers, receiving, touchdown, rushing, touchdown, big plays all night long. He looked like a video game. The, the, the juke stick was out, the B button. Uh, he was just spinning all over the place, making people miss, extending drives, getting first downs um, in the passing game, in the running game. Of course, the big touchdown to seal it, where I actually think he should have just fell down and ran the clock out. But uh, he, yeah. he got he, he got that touchdown and really padded his stats, and I thought Damian Williams was going to be the MVP. But we all know, I think, why Mahomes is the, the star. He's the quarterback. And he had a game – similar to or worse than Ben did in Super Bowl 40, where everybody was like, oh, Ben was terrible in the Super Bowl. But um, Mahomes was a game manager almost last night. Yes, a couple big plays that, that won it. But uh, Mahomes, for name recognition reasons only, he had a 62 QBR, which is one of the worst in Super Bowl history. They went back and figured them all out. So I thought it should have been Williams. Uh, they asked him about it post game, and he, was, he, he said all the right things. He said, I just, I'm happy we won. But um, I, what were your thoughts? Who was your pick, and uh, do you think it was a little biased towards Mahomes? <laughs> uh, <laughs> my friend Shane called me last night after the Super Bowl, and I think he put it in such a, a good term that you know the NFL always gets they always get the storyline they want in the end. They always get to <laughs> tie the bow, and yeah. I thought that it happened here with Patrick Mahomes because, as you said, I remember seconds after the right when uh, he ran for the touchdown. I was like, there's no way. Damian Williams has to be the MVP of this game. Yeah. And I remember someone telling me, like, it, it, they'll find any way to make him a home. It's just because it, it, fits, it fits the story. They get, he's 
what's the word? It's, it's Damian Williams was not the sexy pick. I think it's yes. kind of like I, it's funny. We were, I was thinking about what I would say about this, is I figured this would come up on the on the show. Um, it was kind of like in 2016, and I'm going to a different sport here with the Penguins on the Cup. And Sidney Crosby got the the con Smythe over Castle. I thought Castle should have got exactly it. too. Yeah, that's uh, kind of the same situation here. If you say maybe MVP of the playoffs, obviously Mahomes, but MVP, but it's only MVP of the Super Bowl. Damian Williams, Damian Williams deserved that. I thought I think, his, got, I think he got robbed too, but for for all the reasons you said. But this kind of what and, it does well, not, is and not to cut you off here, but yeah. you know. In 20, 30 years, when they're doing the MVP walks down the down the out of the, the tunnel, it'll it'll look a lot better with Patrick Mahomes doing it than than right. Damian Williams. So and obviously it, the the big picture. What it does is um you know all the stats are already coming out that Pat Patrick Mahomes is the youngest regular season MVP, Super Bowl MVP, Super Bowl champion. It gives him that that extra notch. You know he's not going to need it. He's he might end up in Canton someday, and he's not going to need this on his on his belt, but uh, it's one thing. It's like Roethlisberger has the two rings in the three Super Bowl appearances, and he doesn't have an MVP yet because, remember, it went to Heinz Ward and Santonio Holmes despite Ben leading that drive, and James Harrison could have had the MVP in Super Bowl Forty Three for that interception. So, you know, Holmes caught the final ball and got the got it, got it over Ben. So I remember thinking, wow, that could have been either of those three guys, but – uh, but you're right. It, Mahomes is the guy that they want walking out for, you know, in, in 30 years when they have the former MVPs for sure. So, yeah. yep. A couple more things in the Super Bowl I wanted to ask you, Bronson. Um, what do you make? It's a crazy stat. Um, this is this is some nerding out uh, for our next level nerd fans, but uh, I don't. Th- I think it might be the first time ever. But the the Chiefs trailed by double digits in all three games. Are they the comeback kids? Are they slow starters? Like, what do you make of that? I mean, falling behind early, but then storming back. What does it say about that team? Shows that they're absolutely resilient. I think you know, and I think if if I, it was funny, I was uh, driving home uh, the afternoon of the Super Bowl, and I was listening. They did a, a pre a pre show on uh, the fan. Well, Westwood One. It was the national feed. They did with. Um, our boy Kevin Harlan and uh, Kurt Warner and Kurt. Warner, I love that team. Just a quick aside. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a big Buck and Aikman fan. I think a lot of people aren't. I had it on the rail. I was coming home from, from target. I had to get a few things at halftime and um, didn't care to see JLo and that whole debacle, which is another debate. But uh, I ran to target. I ran out to target and I, I had it on the radio driving home and I heard uh, Harlan and Warner, they sounded great. I, I, I love that team. Over, I would ha- rather have them on TV. They're, they're very good team. Go, but but they're, go like, ahead. Warner, Sorry. Warner was talking about how you know if he had to give advice to anybody that was playing, he had to give advice to any of the quarterbacks that were playing the Super Bowl, uh, Garoppolo and, and Mahomes. He his biggest thing he said he goes, "There's going to be a time where things aren't going to go your way. And it's not not to panic, not to overreact, because once the ball's kicked off, it's just another football game." It's mm-hmm. what the hardest part is the whole the hoopla of two weeks leading up to the game, and you know when things go bad, don't freak out because he he was talking about how he was on both sides of it, how they how they were out in front before when Brady and them came back in in '02 and and when they were down to the Steelers practically the entire game when he was with the Cardinals and how they you know they had the lead there if only in if only for a little bit before Ben obviously drove it down the field, but mm-hmm. it was one of those things where you don't panic and I don't think you really needed to tell Patrick Mahomes that because he had dealt with that through the whole playoffs. Football is a 60-minute game, and I think they know more than anyone. 
and, and, and to be quite honest, like even that AFC title game, you know, and obviously it's been months since we've done the podcast, so we're kind of covering you know what's happened since we've, we've sure. been on. But that Houston, when Houston came out big, even then you never had the feeling that that it was done. It just, no. it's just you never had the feeling that the game was. Over. I kept saying it's early. It's so early, you know. It's there's a lot of time left. And and uh, and even when San Francisco was out there, it was out in front. It was just like the Kansas City Chiefs they were never able to sustain a a, a, a drive with, when they were able to get in the flow of the offense. And then so once they were able to get some sort of flow, we'll see we'll see what they're made of. And and obviously, like I said, they 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 were used to it. And they're a very resilient team. They don't freak out. I think Patrick Mahomes is a great motivator of, of, of men. You know, on the sidelines there, he's hyping. You know, they're, they're not done. They're not. You know, and yeah, I mean, I, I didn't give anything. You know, you know, sexy in terms of stats, but just once you've been in that situation, you're able to do it. You know, like I make another hockey reference to the. The miracle on ice. They were down in all the games. They were, you know, and yeah. it's just once you're used to it, you you, you belief belief is a is a big thing in sports. And, and Kansas City obviously through their 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 road to the Super Bowl, they had it. Well, that about ties a bow on uh, Super Bowl Fifty Four. Uh, we covered a lot there. It's, we have a lot. We have a lot to get to still. I want to talk some hockey, some baseball, and get into some other things. So before we move on, I would yeah. let to take this sideways. Do you want to make a prediction next year? It always seems like the predictions like I was doing that next year's Super Bowl. I did this yeah. today. I actually have I I it's it's a little outside the box and it's all going to depend on it's going to see where where Tom Brady lands. But um, I have Tennessee and the Saints. I have the Titans and the Saints, and I and I actually have the Titans winning it. I think they are a player or two away. I, Derrick Henry to me is. Just a beast that I think a team can that he can just put a team on his back. Tannehill came in and did so well for them. It, they're a team where you know the rumors are Brady's looking at houses in Nashville, uh, spotted with Giselle, uh, his buddy Mike Rabel. I'm wondering if Brady ends up in Tennessee with a defense, with a running game, and with Rabel, does he end end his career on top and get that ring without Belichick, even without Brady? Whoever they go with, Mariota, Tannehill, somebody else. I think that team is on the cusp. They obviously got within one game. They were in the ASC title game. Um, on the other side, the Saints really going to be disappointed with a wild card exit. Um, the whole cast of character is still there. Drew Brees has a little bit of life left. They have Michael Thomas. I think they'll add some free agents to that defense. Um, maybe add a tight end as a position they're kind of lacking too. And um, I think they get back, and I think they get into a Super Bowl. And I think I'm going with Tennessee and New Orleans, and I'll, I'll go with the Titans to win it. How about you? Uh, for some reason, I, I'm feeling you know I think I think Kansas City goes back. I, yeah. I, I feel like I feel like they go back, but I definitely I actually, favorites already the favorite. Yeah. Actually, and I'm kind of with you. I I, th- I think New Orleans will come out of the NFC, mm-hmm. and, and this isn't just like I don't have any any kind of you know theory to, to run this, um, but. Uh, I, I think the Saints win and uh, Breeze goes out. Breeze goes out as the champion. John Elway style. Yeah, Peyton John Elway style. style. Yeah. 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 And, and, it's, and it's funny because when I was thinking about this, I was like, not that I was trying to get the uh, the Vegas thing going. I was like, it is the Raiders' first year in Vegas. <laughs> and they're able to <laughs> could, could lightning strike twice with Vegas magic. So, no, I know. But I, I, I allowed myself to think about it only for half a second. So I just wanted to get that in there and we could absolutely move on. 
we got to talk now. We're gonna we're gonna rabbit trail a little bit, but since you since I brought it up, what is your just quickly thirty seconds? Where do you think Brady ends up? Uh, I think he stays in New England. Kraft loves him too much. I think they'll make it work. I think when you're, you know, maybe another year, year two, they 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 pay him whatever he wants. I, I don't know. I'd be, I mean, if he does go somewhere, that'd be that'd be a great story for football, and I'd be shocked. But no, I think it's all for naught. I think he stays in New England. I I at first was like you. I was thinking, there's no way. I can't see him in another uniform. They'll find a way to make it work. But I think there's that tiny ego in both guys where I think Brady. And Belichick want to see who will who could win it without each other. So I think Belichick is either going to go with the rookie Jared Stidham, well the young player uh, I think he's in his second year uh, from from Auburn, or if Brady walks, go with some type of trade. And there's been rumors about Matt Stafford coming in. I've been saying that, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, or another. An, so I heard on 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 uh, the the fan. Uh, 93.7, somebody mentioned that he is an Andy Dalton fan. Can you revive his I career did. and, and yeah. find some magic there? So there there may be a mid-tier veteran, or he might try to mold Stidham. What he wanted to do was was go to Garoppolo, but it was just yeah. – Brady just played too long, and they drafted Garoppolo too early. But um, I, if, Brady, if Brady goes, everybody obviously is saying L.A. Chargers, Titans. Now the Raiders are interested. Um, he's a California boy, the Chargers. Tennessee spotted in Nashville looking at houses. The Mike Vrabel connection. Um, so I, I I did put my prediction in Tennessee, but I, obviously L.A. is a chance too. I don't see him going to the Raiders because I think Derek Carr is capable enough. Uh, come on, but, man. Greedy, uh, <laughs> man. We can get it going, man. <laughs> Gruden did come out and say I'd love to have him, so that would be a splash their first year in Vegas for sure. But I think Brady needs to go to a team that's close to winning, and I don't think the Raiders are close to competing. Obviously, the Titans, the Titans might be one player away. They were they were in the AFC title game. The Chargers are further away, so that's why I predict the Titans. They are they're right at the cusp. They're a team that's ready to Gotta win. Agree. I agree with um, you. I think he does go against Tennessee. So. So that ties a bow on football. I wanted to toss it up. I wanted to talk about the Penguins. Uh, Bronson, I know you're a big hockey fan. Um, yesterday, the Penguins and Capitals met for the first time all year, which is a scheduling quirk. I don't like it. I don't think it's – it should be spread out more than that, but I guess it's good to see them go at it four times the last couple months here when it really matters. Um, but the Penguins were victorious yesterday, four to three. Um, they they kind of never trailed. They – they dictated play, I think, most of the game. Uh, you did see Washington and Tom Wilson try to bring the physical element. The Penguins don't have a Ryan Reeves anymore. They don't have an enforcer. Um, so that's something we got to get into. Do they need something like that? Um, I want to talk about the goalie situation. Um, is it Jari? Is it Murray? Who's your guy? I'll give you my guy. Um, but just yesterday, I don't know if you caught the game. What were your thoughts? I watched good, the game, good- yeah. Good start uh, to get to get the first one in the books against Washington. Obviously, these Metropolitan Division four-point games, they're huge in the standings. The Penguins now within four um, of first place. So just give me your thoughts on yesterday and where you think the Pens are headed. Um, it's funny you mentioned the, the, uh, the how wonky the schedule is this year because I think for the rest of the season, a bit, I mean, a very high, exponentially high percentage of the, of the games on the schedule are against the Metro. 
So these yeah. are so as good as they are now. I mean, these are these are must-win games, especially you know if you're looking to you know climb up in the metro. But um, obviously, uh, obviously, I guess it's easy to go to the goaltending because that's been the biggest story of the year. Um, I thought Murray played very well, and he and, and the arrows is trending up for him. Um, mm-hmm. Not not saying that Jari's going down, but Jari hasn't looked as invincible as he has, you know, prior to the All Star break. Um, I'm uh, I'm with you know uh, with the idea of maybe doing with them, and it's been said already what the Islanders did with Thomas Grice and and yeah. uh, and um, why is it um, Robin Leonard and going back and yeah. forth and then I mean, the, just starting a guy in the playoffs, and then you have that confidence too, knowing that you know if a guy falls behind early, you know, goaltender wise, you can always put another guy in there. But I thought, you know, considering the situation there, you know, they're doing well. And in any good team, not only is it the top stars producing, obviously Brian Rust has been, wow. He's been insane. I, I don't think anyone saw 22 goals and 45 assists at this, or 45 points, I'm sorry, at this point with with Brian. Even, and he was, I think he missed two or three weeks. He was injured too. Yeah. So. Uh, but they're, you know, when they call guys up, I mean, uh, um, you call guys up and, and you know, they they put the uh, they put the puck in the they put the puck in the net, you know. I like Lafferty. Lafferty Lafferty's awesome. A big, a big first goal yesterday. He's got speed. Um, he, he brings a speed element. Um, I, I like his game. Everybody, like you said, everybody they plug in because the system down there in Wilkesbury just you know mirrors the Penguin system up here. And we've seen DePauli come up, Angelo come up, Agazino come up, Lafferty. Um, I'm, I'm missing some others. I mean, they just, because of the injuries, again, um, all those guys have stepped up. The fourth and, line contributed a lot. And, uh, you know, and I, uh, you know, I'm not a, you know, I'm not the type to, you know, pat myself on the back, but as we were going to the last podcast, <laughs> like we did the preview, you know, remember the two guys I said I was huge on, that was Dominic Cahoon and John Marino before we started the season. Yeah. And, uh, Hate to say, you look like a genius, but you know, <laughs> yeah, ten goals, seventeen assists, twenty-seven points in forty-eight games, and and John Marino has been wow. I mean, he's he's probably right outside the 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 Calder bubble there, and obviously because he's you know lower lower depth defenseman, you know he's not you know he's not he's not going to impress you know like like Kale Macar, you know yeah he's like you know Quinn Hughes, but. I, I think he should be commended for the year he's having. Right now, the Penguins, everything's clicking. And Such a solid. He, he's a solid defenseman, for sure. Oh, sure. I mean, look, when they give him a six-round a six pick to Edmonton, I mean, that might be, that might honestly be GMJR's one of the biggest fleeces. Biggest steals, yeah. Yeah, and his entire time here with Pittsburgh as a GM. But it's just it's scary to think that, you know, with, with all the injuries and man games lost where they're at, and as you said, what they need, you know, if they need to, you know, to add something. I mean, it's it's kind of tough, you know, if you want to add some sort of, you know, uh, enforcer kind, because then, you know, you might be taking someone fast out of the lineup. I would I would settle for a, another depth defenseman just in case something happens. Um, the I think we talked about it last time is uh, no, not really because it's been a while since we talked, but I think the biggest. Um, thought to you know to sit on is is anybody that's available at the deadline is it worth getting up a first round pick now i've heard in terms of to foley that the kings may accept the second round pick you know swap or maybe yeah. something like that but i don't think Kreider's worth it i don't think hoffman's worth it 
Um, I think Sod crunches the cap too much for us to even think about, uh, although that would be a great addition. Um, I, I think it'll be a small deal. I don't think I don't think the pen unless unless the asking price goes down on one of those guys. I know the big fear of Kreider is that he's a battle locker room guy. Uh, I, I think if they're just a rental, I think the Penguins will take a hit with that. You know, if it's a guy that's gonna walk away in July first, you know, that they maybe they take they take a gamble. I wish they wouldn't, but hey, if it gives us a cup, why not? Um, I guess could kind of throw it to you, Frankie. What do you what do you feel is uh, out there in terms of uh, uh, the, the deadline looming here? Uh, one thing I, I gotta say, I I recommend to get the, all the sports nerds out there, and I don't know if you've ever checked out this site, Bronson, but Armchair GM on Cat Friendly. Yeah, um, it's, it, it's great because you can plug in your own trades. You can work with the cap. You can see what draft picks you can give to other teams. Um, I, I'm on there all the time, and I, I think I do trade a first-round pick if it's me personally because a lot of the times those guys don't pan out. Uh, the window of Crosby and Mock, and you got to go for it. Um, and then uh, you find other ways. You find John Marino's. You find Dominic Cahoon's. Um, the two guys you mentioned, you can replace what you miss in the draft sometimes via trade. So I, if it costs a first-round pick, a lot of the people are talking about Jason Zucker. Is he a fit? Um, the 20-30 goal guy. Um, I, it's not being mentioned, but it was in the offseason. Wayne Simmons, is New Jersey going to have a fire sale? Because that's a guy that has skill, speed, and, and toughness. Um, I've always that, I've always been the kind of person that they kind of already have that maybe not as good but they have that in Hornquist. It's kind of you're getting into the guy like Hornquist, but I mean it, yeah. it's an opinion. I think we we're uh, was that funny? I was having breakfast with a couple of uh, hockey gurus and we were talking about the Toffoli trade. Maybe the Kings accept something like a, a like they give us their second for our first, and so it you're not it, yeah yeah, and you're not dropping down as much. Maybe gives you know. A mid-tier prospect, that maybe something because like that. our first is going to be like 29th, and their yeah. second is going to be like 36th. So yeah, yeah, not, I mean, not much of a difference. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily think they need to, but you know, it's one of those things where you know you maybe get paranoid if, if another injury happens. That's why I felt like you maybe get a depth defenseman. Well, cap wise too, with with Gensel out, if they you know they're long term IRing him, so they have that six million yeah. free. Um, if he, but if he would come back for the playoffs, you have to find ways to sit somebody because I don't think you can no. go over the cap in the playoffs. So no. it, it'll get interesting. They're going to have to get a definite um, diagnosis on him, and if he is definitely gone for the playoffs, I think they've got to get some scoring. Um, or defense-wise, though, Bronson, I don't know if they need depth there because they're constantly scratching Ricola or Ruedel. And then, if you want one more, I guess you're going to Churchman, which isn't super trustworthy. But when you have seven, you'd have to have two get injured before you're getting to Churchman. Yeah, I I just don't know if I trust. Just gives you peace of mind. I remember (laughs) when the last cup we won, we I mean we got Hainsey and Straight, you know, and I was like, man, we have too many defensemen. We ended up using both of them. Playoffs is always such a long road. yeah, I mean, I feel like you know, like I said, I don't feel like they need any of the, any of the big the big fishes. It'd be nice to get one, but uh, you just sometimes I know it's such a cliche, but sometimes it's, it's the trades you don't make. Yeah, I mean, I mean, think think about it too. I mean, Sid missing a big chunk of the year, he'll be more, you know, he'll be he'll be a lot fresher in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens on the line. There's always a couple dominoes that fall in terms of what the other the other teams, you know. And I think it's you know, my friend Kevin was saying it's about you know what moves are you going to do? Like who do you see as the big threat in the playoffs? Obviously Washington's the easy one, but I mean he brought up the fact that you know the Islanders. I mean the Islanders are some you know yeah. almost surprise, but it's you're it's probably kinda, gonna get them in the first round again. So that yeah. two three matchup. So you gotta yeah. Find a way to um to get through that trap defense, that Barry Trotz defense, and that that goaltending they have there. So speaking I of goaltending, no, so good, Frank. I'm sorry. No, no, you go ahead. I was saying, awesome. speaking of goaltending, I kind of mentioned a little bit about the goaltending controversy. I mean, what do you, what is your thoughts on uh, going forward on, on on both goals? I hear, you know, I hear on the, I listen to the radio, the the, the local, the Maddens and the the, the 93.7s, and I hear Bob Grove, the, the Penguin Insider. Now, he doesn't. He's usually a guy that has a, the finger on the pulse, and he has no clue. Uh, Sullivan's just gonna go by feel. Um, a lot of teams are doing it. I think you talked about it last year, Leonard and Grice. I mean, a lot of teams are going to the the one A and one B because you got you keep them both fresh. Um, but then you have to go, you go with the hot end in the playoffs. I think they ultimately go with Murray in the playoffs because of the experience, because yeah. of the two ring. But it w- it'll be if he has a blow up, they can go to Jari. It's a quote cliche good problem to have. But I, I think it's going to end up being Murray. The, like you said, the needle's pointed towards Murray. He's had a way better January than Jari. Um, he's starting to the save percentage and the goals allowed starting to even out with them to a little bit where Jari was way ahead. So I'm, I'm thinking it's leaning Murray. I think it's funny that you said that, you know, where, what direction the league league is going in terms of goalie depth and games played. Cause I think Madden said it last week. And I agree. I was saying this even before he said it. I think the era of a goalie playing 70 plus games is done. I don't think it's over. Seen. It died with Broder. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I, I kind of think you know, I kind of tend to agree. I think that, you know, if, if if the if the trend keeps moving towards where we're at, I think it will be Murray. I think they'll want it to be Murray. They'll want a guy who's seasoned. Um, but I mean, if if Jari, you know, if Jari gets snaps back in the you know December, early January, Jari, and and it plays absolutely insane, it, it, it's a hard decision. We're you know we're not getting paid to make that decision, but it's it's a hard decision to make. Um, the only thing with Murray, and I, and I think you know, it's been very obvious that I'm a very pro Murray guy. Um, I was the guy when they dropped him in 2012. I was always saying watch out for him, even when they were touting Jari. Uh, they, when they dropped him the next year, I was still saying I, I really saw a lot of Matt Murray because I saw him play in the, the OHL. Um, and we had Philip Gustus of him back then too. Don't get me started <laughs> on that. That's so <laughs> great. But uh, but I, I you know I, I think you know obviously the big weakness of Matt this year with Muzz is. You know he'll have a good game, but it's just—I feel like every game there's always that one goal he shouldn't give up. And I know yeah, nitpicking as a lot of people are, but uh, I think you know he's not—he's not come anywhere close to the guy that was the the 16, 17 Cup champions back to back. I mean, there's time for him to put that together. I think, and my friend Dalton and Kevin and we've always talked about. I think it's what's not um, what's not emphasized enough. I think was the goaltending coach change from Mike Bales to to, to Buckley. And I get it. Jari Murray wanted their guy. He was the guy that, that taught him a Wilkes, that he wanted their guy. But, I mean, not only I thought Murray flourished under Bales, but I thought Marc-Andre Fleury found another level with Bales as the goalie coach. I feel like he, he, he upped his game another level. And then when Mark went to Vegas, 
I don't think it was Alaire, but one of the goaltending gurus is the coach in Vegas, and he was the one that taught Mark to, you know, not chase out of the net as much as he did here in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. Every movement's for a reason to improve his positioning, and that's where you see Mark put such great, you know, you know, such top tier numbers. Not that he wouldn't have did it before, but just as little, 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 you know, you know, little alterations to the game. And but yeah, I, I feel that you know, for the Penguins to to be, you know. A dangerous threat for the cup this year. It's like in the playoffs, those soft goals are so backbreaking, especially yeah. in the playoffs. And I don't, and I don't think even in the the um, the eighteen playoffs when they lost to Washington, Murray gave up a couple questionable goals. But he did have, he had the best goals against the save percentage of any goalie in the Capitals face that year in the playoffs. So, I, I Murray was far from the reason, but it, it's kind of like what Joe Starkey said years ago about Mark Andre Fleury in '09. <laughs> he made. Uh, he he may not be the reason they'll lose it, but it'll have to be the reason they win it. Mm-hmm. Well said, Bronson. Um, I'm I'm obviously excited. I think that they have 29 games or so left. Um, I think that every point is huge. I would love to see them catch Washington and get that, you know, that that first seed and and take on a wild card and kind of change it up and avoid, you know, it would help them maybe avoid uh, the Capitals till the last round. But um. But yeah, the Pens are—they're trending up. I mean, they're—they're they're getting healthier. They're going to get Bukestad back. Schultz just came back. Um, down the road, maybe Gensel if he heals fast. Maybe they do add some scoring. But uh, they're definitely positioned for that two seed in the Metro. They're going to push the Capitals the rest of the way. Um, going to be an exciting stretch run for them. And uh, obviously, next show we'll follow them. Or we'll see where they're at, and uh, we'll we'll talk more. We'll see if by then maybe a goalie emerges the next time we meet. Um, but, uh, yeah, definitely excited for the Pens. Um, I think that they have an, another cup run in them this year for sure. Yeah. I want to switch gears a little bit, Bronson. Um, we're going to go to a little bit of a sad note. Um, we have to talk, talk about it, um, obviously, because it's big news, uh, the, the, the passing of Kobe Bryant. Um, the news hit me on last Sunday, three, three, around 3 o'clock. I got a text. Uh, somebody said to me, uh, Oh my goodness, Kobe Bryant! I can't believe it. And I said, "What happened? Uh, you know, did it, what did he do? Is he in trouble?" Like, and they they said, "No, he died in a, a helicopter crash." And I was just like floored. I was I was actually out, you know, I was out driving and I had to like, you know, stop. I couldn't. I had to collect my thoughts because I grew up with him as a, one of my heroes in, in in basketball. I was a little bit post Jordan. I remember Jordan, you know, a little bit the tail end, but Kobe was like the person I grew up watching and Allen Iverson and. All those guys, you know, Vince Carter and now LeBron and Kobe was kind of my one of my favorite players of all time. And just to to hear this just is so shocking. It sounds it just seems so senseless. Then you hear about his his young daughter and other young um, young kids on that on that helicopter. In total, nine dead, uh, including Kobe and his 13 year old daughter Gianna, an up and coming basketball player herself. Um, I saw a lot of the tributes going on around the league were touching. Um, it really affected so many people. I saw Dwayne Wade, Tracy McGrady, Shaq, um, a, a, a lot of the sportscasters that knew him all gave interviews just in tears uh, on live TV. And just you could tell that, that this one is a gut punch too. I mean, not only the NBA, but the sports world and the world. Because Kobe was a philanthropist. He was a great father. He was, he was an Oscar winner. Um, I think in his in Kobe's second act, I think he was going to do great things, and it's just so tragic to see it cut short. Um, 
I don't know, Bronson. What, what, did you grow up a Kobe fan? Uh, give me your thoughts. Uh, when you, where were you when you heard the news and how it affected you? Um, I was at a buddy's. Uh, uh, we had a, we had a, a sportsman's uh, club lodge uh, getaway the weekend, um, out in the middle of the up in the mountains up in uh, northern PA. Yeah. Came uh, came home around uh, twelve one o'clock. I laid down for a little bit, and I woke up and then I got a text saying that uh, I don't uh, TMZ reported. I don't know if it's real. It could be a hoax, but Kobe mm-hmm. died. And the more I looked, I, I saw that you know the I saw you know keep more outlets reporting it. Once once ESPN, once the mothership and a lot of the big <laughs> organizations got it out, I think it was more like that was when I kind of took the brunt of it. That's true. Um, yeah. Not trying to shed more negativity light towards it, but I do wish that a lot of the news outlets would have been very careful in terms of uh, verifying a lot of their sources and things like that before they reported them. Um, I think that's the biggest thing now in society where fast and inaccurate is so fast. And you got to be first, yeah. It's a, the yeah. race to be in first. And TMZ's taken heat. A lot of people, I'm not sure if it's true or not, but said that they reported it before the family was notified. And it would yeah. be terrible if the if the Bryant and Vanessa and the uh, and the other daughters uh, found out from from Facebook or TMZ yeah. or Twitter. And it's and it's also important to know that that, that nine was it nine to ten lives that are lost. There's I mean Kobe, yeah. Kobe obviously was the biggest one, and Kobe it's different than you know you know he's one of the best basketball players ever, but Kobe was a cultural icon. Frankly, mm-hmm. right? and I obviously grew up watching Kobe. You know we you know. Kobe, uh, you know AI, you know yeah. Vince Carter, uh, and yeah. the end of MJ, the beginning of LeBron. That was our high school years. Um, yeah, watching those guys perform, and I had a love hate relationship with Kobe. You know, as a fan, um, obviously was a big. Uh, you know, how could you not have been a big Lakers fan during that dynasty? Um, when him and Shaq had the the falling out, I was always a Shaq guy, even when he. <laughs> and naturally, yeah. we took Shaq's side in that regard. But it was great that when they split, they did make amends eventually. And, yeah. Um, and even though Shaq and Kobe bickered, you know, they had such a great love and respect for one another. And I, I feel like with Shaq, you know, when he came undone on the, the TNT broadcast, that came out. Um, certainly nothing I could say or, or, or eloquently, you know, distribute verbally that will that will put, you know, you know put the legacy of Kobe Bryant, uh, you know in perspective but uh it's just a huge loss and i think you know everybody who's grown up they had the impactful loss i know my mom always talks about she's a big beatles fan about mm-hmm. the date she heard when john lennon was was killed mm-hmm. i think this is kind of uh this is kind of our john lennon say, you know yeah it's something that you never thought was happening it's really weird because i'm a big uh, i watch uh the world sports with brian gumbel and i remember the, the special that andrew kramer did on uh on Kobe, and, and one of the big things they mentioned at the end was like he was retiring and he was going to do all these things. He had his own office, he was going to do books and video games. Yeah. And but the last thing they let off with was uh, Kobe's need to have that helicopter to travel. You know, mm-hmm. he could traffic, and it just, it's just so like morbid not thinking about that. And that ultimately was, was uh, the end of Kobe. And obviously, big thing too was, was, was Gianna, who knew. So what, sad. What a great superstar she could have been, you know. Maybe she, you know, I'm not kind of getting too far ahead, but you know, maybe she could have been the bright spot. Maybe you know, in the WNBA or wherever she wanted to play basketball. And obviously, the, the the parents and the other children who were in the uh, the amateur league 
lost their lives in that crash as well. You um, talked about it, Bronson, to, not to cut you off, but uh, the, heli- the helicopter, and I've heard about it too, you know, the 405, the traffic in L.A., you know, everybody hates it. Uh, but the, in, in the saddest parts surrounding this, um, the, and the NTSB is doing it, all their investigations, but um, it was a foggy morning. It was, it was, I think some weather came through. There was some rain. Um, I think this pilot, and I'm not going to speculate, but I, you know, obviously he has a VIP. He wants to get Kobe to his destination, but I just, I just wish that they would have rethought when they saw the fog, turn around, land, get into a car, get a police escort. If you, cause Kobe can probably get a police escort, get out of traffic. You know, I wish they would have turned around, would have landed. The, the helicopter also didn't have terrain warning systems where it can tell them if they're in mountains or not, which is sad to hear. Um, it's not required by the FAA, but uh, just so sad. I wish they would have reconsidered that trip. Also, there's not a lot of traffic on a Sunday morning, so he could have drove. Um, yeah. It's just helicopters that you see him crash. A lot have crashed in Hawaii recently. Um, there's been a lot of uh, things go wrong with helicopters. I, I don't. I know there's a good safety record, but it, they just they spook me. And uh, it's just it's Thanks. just sad it's just sad to hear that uh, it could have been avoided is what I hate to see, and um, well, it is going to leave a, a big hole. With with this death, I mean, the first when I first heard the news, I just started to think about the you know the ones throughout history, you know, Roberto Clemente, um, mm-hmm. uh, the big one. This is not sports, but I remember, I I don't know why it's so vivid in my mind, but I remember when Aaliyah passed away. Yeah, that one was, was long. Yeah. Yeah, that was tragedy. Those are both. Those were the first two I thought when I when I when I heard about the Kobe death. But I didn't think about Roberto, but uh, Bob Costas was on CNN, and uh, he he actually touched upon it. He's like, this is really reminiscent of Roberto Clemente. Similar ages, um, end of their careers, uh, early 40s, and uh, you know, small plane versus small helicopter, very very similar. Uh, Roberto's was a humanitarian mission, but. Um, it, it still, it, they both left such a, a, a big uh, void uh, and, a, and a lot of sadness when, when they passed away, two Hall of Famers. So, yeah, just very sad. I saw the tributes. Uh, the first game back with the Lakers, LeBron gave a speech. Uh, everybody there was just leaning on each other. And it's going to take time. It's going to take a lot of time to heal. Uh, I think the best thing we can do is what Kobe would want is just, you know, enjoy basketball, enjoy our families. And um, just just let him live on in a, in a positive in a positive light. Yeah, I think Kobe, I think Kobe's legacy. I, I think I think it's gonna be you know it's gonna be timeless. You know, he'll, he's I mean he's never gonna be like the top five best of all time, but he'll be up there. And definitely top ten creeping yeah. on the top five. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Kobe's legacy, you know, will will forever be there, not just you know in terms of basketball, as you said, a humanitarian, you know, um, a father, you know. Go on down the line. You know, he's an Academy Award winner. You know, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, and well, it's not. It's no way. Resume. Really, yeah, it's not. It's not much more to say. So, you know, you know, rest in peace, Kobe and Gianna, and, yeah. and all the other lives lost in, in, in the accident. Well, Bronson, we are about out of time. Uh, I think we're going to move. We, I was going to try to get into some MLB, some baseball off season, but we can uh, touch upon that next show. Um, I do want to get some final thoughts. Um, uh, I'll go ahead and lead off um, with my final thoughts. Um, I'm a huge Zion Williamson fan, and he debuted a week ago against the Spurs. Uh, limited time, 
Uh, limited minutes, the knee injury is still healing, but um, you could see an impact right away. I think he had 22 and 10. He, he's uh, he's played six or seven games so far. It's a double-double every night. He's He's got that jumping. He's jumping out of the gym. You're seeing alley-oops. Um, just uh, I'm rooting for Zion. I'm checking out every night. He's, I'm checking the boss scores, 20 and 10, 20 and 10. Um, and uh, I think the more he gets healthier, we're going to see big things. He's got the Pelicans. Uh, I think they've won three out of four since he's been uh, back. They're, they're, they're back in the playoff hunt. I'd love to see Zion and the, and the Pelicans uh, make a playoff run. Uh, and, and Pitt basketball, i got to give him a shout-out. Um, Jeff Capel in his second year. He's got them at five and six in the conference. And darn it, I know you always say um, ifs, ifs and buts and candy and nuts, but um, – they should have beat Wake Forest. They should have beat Louisville. There was a bad call late, um, and yeah. they, I think there there are a couple other games they could have won, uh, where they could be up in third place in the ACC. But where they're at right now, I'll take it. 500 in the league games this week against Notre Dame and Georgia Tech. I might actually be attending Saturday afternoon against Georgia Tech. I'm going to look to get tickets. Um, it's a it's a nice Saturday afternoon game. They're they're playing well, um, so I'll have a report from there if I do go. Um, but I like that they're they're trending upward. I like what I see out of Capel. So go Zion, go Pitt basketball, and I'll toss it up to Bronson for your final thoughts. <laughs> Thank you, Frank. And uh, mine won't be nearly as eloquent and well put out as yours. But uh, I'm going to go two different sides of the spectrum. First off, uh, um, uh, Elwood, by Elwood City in Wampum, uh, Steven Johns returned to action in hockey. Yeah, I clapped there. Yep. Uh, little uh, rehab, you know, uh, stint there with the Texas Stars uh, with four points in his first night and then ultimately led to him uh, getting the call up and back in the lineup uh, with the, the, the parent club, the Stars. Uh, three games so far, and he actually got his point the other night, uh, first point of the night uh, against uh, New Jersey and, and one over the Devils. Plus and two. I, yeah, plus yeah. two. I mean, to, to, uh, to have missed basically 22 months worth of hockey and concussion issues, I mean, you know, say whatever you want to say about concussions. They're nothing to do. They're nothing to mess with. I mean, mm-hmm. I've had bad headaches. I'm sure I've had concussions in my life where I'm sure they probably would have been de- uh, diagnosed as such, mm-hmm. but I'm sure they have come nothing close to what Stephen was going through. Um, when this season started, I, I will not name sources, but I did have some very close sources within his family saying that um, long-term injury reserve was very heavily considered. Uh, uh, but I just, I know, I know his, I know his tenacity and wanting to be on the ice so happy he got to come back and like the like, concussions are you know it's it's always even like with Sid and Patrice Bergeron and so forth it's always going to be in the back of your head man or as and as you know especially in this case we know Steven you know personally so it's obviously a concern of ours in terms of you know we, we want him the person to be uh, a healthy human the rest of his life but we also want him to live his dream and, and keep playing hockey in the NHL and uh, the type of defenseman he is physicality is always going to be part of the game so I'm sure, you know, with every hit, with every, you know, dive, with every shot, with every, you know, puck, you know, with every, you know, with every block, there's always a, you know, there's always a, te- a chance that could happen. But knowing Steve in the way that, that we do, we know he'll play without fear and he'll, he'll just let it, let it happen. Whatever happens, happens. And it's nice to know he's, he'll be at least financially secured with his, with his, yeah. his contract and everything like that. But at the end of the day, the biggest, the biggest wishes we know, we hope Steven, uh, this is a very he- healthy and happy life, and that's all we can hope for. And uh, going second, this is another. This is completely opposite side of the spectrum. <laughs> but in two weeks, the Daytona 500 will kick off. You know, I'm a big NASCAR guy, 
and I would be remiss if I didn't, you know, promo that. I'm also mm-hmm. in other, you know, methods of motorsports, but NASCAR was something I grew up with. And I know that, you know, Jimmy, this is Jimmy Johnson's last year. This will be his last year. He will retire for this year. So a lot of guys like Tony Stewart and Jeff Gordon and Jimmy Johnson, guys we grew up watching, Matt Kenseth, they've stepped away from the sport. But I've always been a big, been a big proponent the last couple of years of the young guys coming in. And I'm going to go on record with saying this year, this rookie class coming in is a must-watch. Um, Cole Custer, he was he's won a bunch of races in the Xfinity Series, the, the AAA Series of NASCAR, you will. He'll be stepping in for Tony Stewart, uh, Stewart Haas Racing, uh, not for Tony Stewart, but his team. Uh, that'll be a big one. Um, Tyler Reddick, the two-time Xfinity Series champion, one of the first year of junior motorsports, and went over to, to Richard Childress. People would ask why why he would go from junior motorsports to Richard Childress, but Richard Childress was his better shot at getting a cup ride. He he won two uh, championships back to back with two different teams. But the guy I've been uh, promoting for the last couple of years, I've seen him race at midgets on dirt and sprints. Basically, he can wheel any kind of machine. He can win in any kind of machine, just like Kyle Larson did the Chili Bowl. That is Christopher Bell. This will be the best rookie race, I'm telling you, in, in NASCAR's history. Um, I think one of them will win a race. I would, If you made me bet, I bet it would be Bell. Um, but as Frank and I were talking about before we kicked the show off, um, NASCAR, in terms of popularity, is, on, uh, it's on, is, is in dire straits right now in terms of the public. Um, I, as a fan, I know we'd have... I'd have to give some things that are, you know, at NASCAR's roots, but um, I think the future of NASCAR is going to be uh, basically really alter, alter, yeah, altering the schedule. Can spin it out there, um, going to different <laughs> tracks in years. Even if they have to do some hokey things like street courses and road courses. Um, big thing is races are way too long now, and just like Frank was talking, Frank and I were talking before we recorded. That's why baseball is losing, you know, losing some of the fan bases and being long. I think races need to be a lot shorter. Uh, there's just so many things. Um, NASCAR is—it really can't go much lower than it is now. Uh, sponsorships becoming a problem in the lower-level series, which means they're not able to be able to afford pit crews and equipment to do that. So uh, this will be a big year for NASCAR. This is the first year they're actually not having a main title sponsor. I'm sure Frank, you remember the Winston Cup, the next Cup Cup, mm-hmm. the Sprint Cup. And in the last two years, there was the Monster Energy Cup series. This is the first year they're running without a main title sponsor. Wow. And, um, it's like different sponsors will kick in during the year to sponsor it. Uh, but um, NASCAR really needs the trend rep board to bring back more sponsors in the way it is. But uh, Daytona 500 is the first race. I- ironically, that's their Super Bowl. It's the first race. That's always the most mm-hmm. exciting race. So stay tuned. I'm sure it'll be a great race. And uh, um, if, you don't, if you haven't watched NASCAR in a long time, I, I encourage you, uh, unless you're going to watch the XFL, and I'm sure we'll get into that in another show. Uh, give the Daytona a shot. It'll be a very exciting race. So, that turn it back over to Frank. Thanks a lot, Bronson. Uh, you kind of gave us a window into next show. Um, like I mentioned, we didn't get to Major League Baseball uh, this show, but that's okay because uh, spring training pitchers and catchers will be reporting in about a couple of weeks, two two weeks or so. So we'll get into some of the off-season moves. Um, we'll talk about the Houston Astros and where that scandal leaves baseball um, with their sign stealing with the video cameras. Um, we'll talk about the Hall of Fame, Derek Jeter, uh, first ballot, yeah, G, yeah, first ballot Hall of Famer, almost unanimous. Um, so we'll talk about that. Who got snubbed? Kurt Schilling just missed out. Um, and we'll get into the XFL. We'll see how that that season's about to start. See if uh, XFL 2.0, the second time around, uh, has more success than than the first time around. And uh, any other topics that come up. 
But uh, we want to thank all the nerds out there that are li- that are listening. We thank Justin and the Next Level Nerd team. Um, we encourage you to comment below, shout us out, and uh, tune in next time we get together for uh, Frank and bon- Frank and Bronson Sports Talk. Um, well, we promise to maybe have a name by then. Title uh, still in right, progress. Title still in progress. But uh, until next time, Bronson, take it easy, and thanks for listening. Take it easy, guys.